Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I'm gonna watch it on demand. I w- yeah, I wouldn't do theaters. It's just too fucking long. And honestly, go go see uh, Godzilla minus one. We went to see that last this weekend. Fucking yeah, incredible. I'm, that's on my list. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. Way better than Killer of the Flower Moon. Different movies, but yeah, it fucking yeah. rocked. No, I like it a lot. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm pretty deeply in Reacher land right now. Like when whenever like that's Reacher. That's just my, Reacher, you know Reacher, like Jack show? Reacher, Jack Reacher. What's Reacher? It's the Tom it? Cruise thing. It's not Tom Cruise. Now they got this big ogre dude, this like big monster guy to play him, and he's hilarious. Okay, and he's great. all right. And he's on it. It's an Amazon series. Okay, and, and he's like the actual Jack Reacher is supposed to be. He's like six five, built out of like pure fucking piss and vinegar. It's incredible. It's great. What? It's, where? It's where great. is it on? Um, Amazon. No, I'll check it out. What's Reacher? Tomas, it's just, Reacher is basically like it's like born like, identity ima- shit. Dumb born identity. Imagine dumb born identity, mm. like really dumb. Wait, like, what? The, the guy just whips ass. It's he's like got plot armor all over him. What's that? He can Tom, just beat the shit out of anybody. What's, what's that Tom Clancy shit that they had in Amazon? That Jack Ryan. Yeah, Jack the, Ryan. the guy from The Office did like Liberation in Venezuela. Yeah. He, he he stopped the terrorist plots coming from Venezuela. Did, did you watch yeah. that? No, I never watched. But that it wasn't I, it I wasn't like... against Maduro. It was like against some like Fulgencio Batista looking guy. Like it was. Well, weird. this is the move. This is the move that they do. They try to they they like fake you. you have, I don't know if you guys have seen the like previews for that Alex Garland movie Civil War. Um, they, it's like oh, it's, it makes it's, no it's, sense. It makes no sense. It's like scrubbed of contemporary politics because you can tell they don't want to grapple with that. They just want to be like, yeah. wouldn't it be cool and weird and scary oh. if there was a civil war? I have the map. But they don't here. want. I have, this is the map. This is the map. It's the yeah. Western Alliance against the Florida <laughs> Alliance against California and Texas separate, and then the white. It's like the loyalist state. Like this alliance just makes zero sense. So I read about this. I read about this, and the thing that gives most people like, we should we should we should keep this. By the way, I agree. This should okay. be the, this should be part of the. We'll just fade yeah. in. On it. I'm, I'm good with it. Um, so, like, I read about this, and the, what it what what people are positing because this is a like most Alex Garland stuff is very secretive. People don't talk about it. Jesse Plemons, if you've seen him on like red carpets and stuff, he still denies that he's in this movie, even though the the like. The, the trailers are out there with him in it. He pretends he's not in the movie. Um, so I've read that what it is supposed to be is that California and Texas are like strange bedfellows where they both want to secede and they want, they don't want to be part of each other, California, but they both want California to succeed. California would never succeed. succeed. Like that would never happen. I know. This is like They're Hollywood brain shit. You gotta, yeah, this is Hollywood lib brain. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, it's not gonna be coherent. It's not gonna make any fucking sense. And what's it's all the just Western like, forces? Why would the Western forces want to say, why would Oregon and like Washington, like what? Like that makes no Whoa, sense. Whoa, what are you, bro, what are you talking about? Like that is, that is the most real part. Uh, what, what, uh, Eastern Washington and Eastern Oregon in real life are always trying to secede yeah. and become part of Idaho. That is like a real thing. That That is the one thing I actually do. Believe Did, wasn't there a time where they like tried taking over a government office in the woods or something for like 48 yeah, hours and they got chased it's, out? It's that always- was the reason that Bund, that the Bundy family moved up there. Yeah, they, they wanted, because they were trying to chase that energy. But it's all like cranks bro like yeah yeah it's all cranks it's yes. all crank like like in in states like you know i don't want to sound like a like i don't i don't want to live it up too much right sure. now like like in texas and florida you are having governors that are like 
you know, establishing like state militias. They are like circumventing like, you know, like court orders, you know, that are like pretty high up there. Like you're, you could see a scenario that that's what I think will happen to the United States, like 30, 40 years from now, maybe like less, it'll become vulcanized because like some of these states that have like these like state militias are going to be like, they're going to get like a fucking like order about, it could be anything. And they're going to be like, okay, we're not, we're not, we're not enforcing it. And, you know, come get it if you don't like it. From the, per, from, the might, perspective, from the perspective of like a normal person, you're going to like travel down I-40 across the country and you're going to enter all these different zones that are technologically incompatible or they like, oh, you're here now. That means your driver's license. We don't have reciprocity for exactly. it. All this like, you know, oh, we don't have that Wi-Fi here. You know, if, you're, if, your, wife, if your phone is registered to liberal LA, you can't get Wi-Fi mm-hmm. signal in fucking in Tulsa or whatever, you exactly. know, that kind of shit. Because even if the federal government doesn't go in and enforce its mandate, then you have de facto succession. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, de facto it happened. So I think that's what – but I just – I'm sorry. Like I don't see Oregon State doing that shit. Did either of you ever see the movie um, Green Room? Did you ever see Green Room? No. no. It's incredible. It's, you should t- definitely watch it. It's about uh, – it's about um, – like basically it's this punk band this punk uh like this swedish or 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 dutch or something punk band this like northern european punk band who um is on tour they're like they play like venues of like maybe like 100 to 1000 people so they're like marginally successful and they yeah, get, yeah yeah they're they're doing okay but they're like vanning around the western half of the united states and they're in um i think they start off in portland or in seattle and they get it they get a late gig Added, and they don't know the U.S. or how the U.S. is set up, so they drive like five hours into Eastern Washington State, and they um and basically they're playing a neo-Nazi rally, and they're like you know they're they're they they, they whatever hilarity ensues like hor- yeah. horrible shit ensues, but mm-hmm. it's an incredible horror movie. It's it's great. It's called Green Room, and uh, check it out. what's his name? Um, Jean Luc Picard. What's the actor? Uh, he he plays like a neo-Nazi like leader. He's incredible. What's what's what the fuck is John All right, Picard? listeners, here you go. A, a Walt yeah. wreck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, this is why mm-hmm. we like this. I'm David Quinones. I am your host. We're the only podcast that treats Florida like the active crime scene it is. I'm joined. We've already been hearing from him by my co-host, Tomas. What's up, T? And boy, what a crime scene it is. We mm. are, we're, we're going deep today, folks. <laughs> um, and if you hear Tomas's voice, that means you're most likely to also hear my other co-host's voice. Gerald, what's up? This is the sound of my voice. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm doing all right. I I, I was very I, maybe it's just this holiday spirit. I was so giddy reading the stories uh, for today's episode and just the cornucopia of embarrassments being my own my own holiday feast. Yeah, and I'll just say, uh, Gerald and I saw Godzilla minus one uh, on Friday. Yes, so fucking good. Like honestly, like yeah, beyond expectation. Go see it. My favorite movie of the year. Yeah, number I two for that. me. But it, it's so good. It was yeah. No, you do do yourselves a favor. Go go see it in four DX also because I was very skeptical about this. And in the trailers, I gave like Tomas a bit of a glance. Like I'm rocking all around. I can barely yeah. take a yeah. sip of soda. You you need to do it for this. If it's available where you are, you you need to do it. And yeah. I'm saying that as a, as a as a very recent 4DX convert for this type of movie. Yeah, David Gerald just looked straight up kind of like grumpy at me at the. Beginning. I was upset at first. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
because I because I I took the screening and it was like a disgusting like I had this like big like order of fries covered in mayo and oh yeah lying out of my like my lap into like my clothes gerald was just like could, couldn't drink his soda without spilling yeah. all over both of us yeah. we're getting sprayed with water and gerald's soda but it was perfect like it was the perfect way to was. This movie just yeah be mindful of like the food and drinks yeah um keep it in a bag yeah, it was gross. I, I have really been um, like uh, sort of parasocially jealous of you guys, seeing you guys getting to go out and like be out on the town in, in New York, you know, the greatest city in the world, the place where every day you wake up and oh. you can experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center <laughs> through a person mm-hmm. who's celebrating a new business that's open. <laughs> this is a very complicated city that you guys live in. That's why it's the greatest city on the globe, baby. <laughs> and that's the reason. That's... <laughs> Can we clip the audio of Eric Adams saying <laughs> yes, that? Yes, I'll drop it in. I'm going to drop yeah. it in. When you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. Jared, can yeah. you explain what that quote is just from for our Florida listeners who are less tuned uh, in? You know, Eric, Eric, Eric Adams gave a quote to the press talking about what was it? Hang on, what was the initial context? Because I've seen the quote. Wasn't it somebody asking him to like give a, a wrap up of his year? Like, how was your? Wasn't it like, like year a, in review? Because I remember it was, it was really innocuous. Yeah, yes. Very innocuous. It was how was your year? Because I remember because it wasn't about the FBI investigation. Because I was I saw the quote thinking it was in response to maybe the FBI investigation right. or something happened where it's like, hey, crazy things happen here all the time, and he just went overboard with all the crazy. But it was only just what what was your Spotify raps like? How was your year? Did you enjoy twenty twenty three? Yes or yes, no, maybe. What <laughs> makes it extra funny that it was like on like a morning news like talk show and it was like very light. You know what I mean? And yeah, they ask him like, hey, yeah, so like be mayor. Wow, that's exciting. Like, What's and, that like? and the actual How's question was like, the actual question is, in what word would you like summarize New York and your tenure? And he's just like, well, you know, like. Wow, what a city. 9-11 can happen at any time, and we have a lot of small businesses opening. Wow, New York City, folks. Am I right? And and you know what? I'll say this. Like, he's not tech- – like, it's goofy and yes. fun. We should laugh at it. Not technically wrong, to be yeah. honest. Like, not technically wrong. It's just I do think he to pull, have that – like, I mean, SantaCon is right there. You could use SantaCon. Uh, if you're looking yes. for, like, a funny, lighthearted disaster – you could just be like, oh, well, you might have SantaCon. It's or literally Christmas this. time. Just say how much time you're enjoying New York City and Christmas time. It's the greatest city to come for Christmas time. I, I wouldn't want to be in any other city. The thing is that, like, if Eric Adams would be, like, a black Republican or just a Republican, like, he would be very successful because oh, yeah. he is our Trump. Like, he is so, – yes. He has the same rhetoric, the same policies, the same inclinations – and the same insane, unhinged shit. He embodies the same spirit. He does. Yes. He might actually. He might actually. He, if he was a Republican, he might actually, as a political figure, have a higher ceiling than he does right now as a Democrat. He could that's run what I'm saying. office, which uh, that's we've what I'm talked saying. about it on the like, show before about how like being mayor of New York is 
that's the end of your political career. That's as far he as could become go. governor like in 2026 by switching parties and running as a Republican. Absolutely. It could a thousand percent happen. He yeah, he, he, should, he should definitely do like a cinema or what like Jim Justice. Yeah, he like yeah. I, I mean, obviously I, I would be horrified, but like politically it's it's his like it is the smoothest end, trail. It, yeah, it's his only hope like to yeah. do this. Otherwise, it's just a dead end. Yeah. It's over. He does seem politically untouchable. He seems like one of those people that could do that and have like huge outrage on Twitter and amongst like lefties and and progressives and shit and pay zero actual price for switching parties. Yeah, but but I I think as mayor of New York, he's cooked. Yeah, yeah, it's done. So on to some of our time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just I, no because I was I, look it's not it's not on our it's not on our run sheet but I was talking I was texting with you guys about what what just happened as we were re- getting ready to record during the day today was oh, yes. like John Fetterman uh, senator from junior senator from Pennsylvania has just fully like become what what was Jared what was the thing they used to call it like villain of the week or whatever or the bad guy of the month or whatever where they were they were like oh the, it's your turn in the barrel you have to be the person oh that's there. the yes the theory that they they pick a villain basically villain, yeah. yes. Basically yeah. to drive you nuts, yeah. So split yeah. your focus. So it's He's driving doing you nuts. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's working. So um, yeah, he. I don't want. I don't want to devote any of our podcasts related to John Fetterman because fuck him. But no. you know, I, I will say this. I will say this. We do have a senator here in Florida who is up for re-election next year, this coming year. Uh, Rick Scott. He the, he does have a challenger who once held national office uh, in Debbie McCarcel Powell, and this shit makes me absolutely not give a fuck. We talk all the time about like, I'm not interested in voting for Joe Biden. I'm not, but like this, like forget about Joe Biden. This calls, not calls into question. This answers the question of like the whole Democrat fucking project of, oh, you know, just one more election guys. Just got to get a couple more Democrats in there. Just get Debbie McCarcel Powell in there and get rid of that old Rick Scott. And it's like, well, what the fuck is the difference, man? Debbie McCarcel Powell is just going to tweet. I'm not actually a progressive JK. You know, who gives a fuck? Who fucking cares anymore, dude? Like, honestly, the whole political side of this stuff feels so pointless to me at this point. I will say, I will say this personally, you know, it's like, you know, aside from the Florida context, it's like they are trying to nuke like the youth vote, right? Yeah. Like student debt, they royally fucked that up. They didn't come come through with it. You know, then there's like the immigration shit that they're trying to do, basically expand on what Trump was was trying to do. Title 42, you know, remain in Mexico, yeah. nuking the asylum process, increase the credible fear come. standards for the for the asylum interviews, expedited removal, which in case people don't know, that basically means like massively ramping up like internal deportations, right? Of people that are already living in the country. Like it's 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 Trump on steroids. Like it really is. Then there's like, you know, the fucking genocide that's happening in Gaza. And, you know, like Like at least if you're invested in terms of like an electoral project or electoral organizing, you say, well, you know, it's a numbers game. It's going to take a long time. We are, you know, we have to elect these people. They're going to champion our policies. And then you get this fucking ogre fucking John Fetterman in who I've always maintained they should they should have put him on a fucking suit from the day one. I, yeah, you, know, I, I, you guys know I've always been saying that I was always on, on the side of the dress code, mm-hmm. and I'm not a decorum guy, a guy, you know. But if you're gonna break decorum, like look a little swaggy. You can't look that no. much like shit. It's 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 gross. Yeah. But you get this fucking guy in, and then immediately he turns around, goes with all the anti-immigrant shit, 
goes with everything that's happening in Gaza. You know what I mean? It's a fucking cheerleader for the administration and just straight up says, fuck you. I'm not a progressive, even though he spent, you know, years and all the campaign claiming that he was. So, like, do you like do you want like your base to to, to go out and vote for you? Like people that overwhelmingly supported Biden in 2020, the youth vote by like double digit margins. You know, it, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's stupid. And, you know, it's, it's that constant spitting on the face of your own voters, of your own supporters, and then just using that that, that lesser evilism shit yeah. to try and turn them out. And, you know, Trump would be fucking terrible. I say it every single fucking time, but don't expect these people to turn out if you're constantly spitting in their faces and telling them to fuck off. And, and, then, then, wonder, and then when they, wonder where they went. And then when they complain, you know, like I see it all the time on social media or even in, you know, in mainstream media, whatever, say, well, go elect Republicans then. Huh? Yeah. Go elect yeah. Trump. Like, bro, like they, they, they might actually take you up on that offer. Yeah. You keep saying that. The, uh, here, I, I'm here, a, here it is right here. I, I shared it on social media. This motherfucker six months ago or however long ago calling himself a progressive in my text messages saying asking me for money, for fucking money. Yeah. begging me for money for the progressive movement yeah fuck, this fuck you fuck yeah. you no, no i'm not i'm not sliding you five dollars anymore john no I actually uh, never i never gave money to that motherfucker nor i nor i, I, um, I now i never uh, was to be honest on the uh, on the dress code my position was always if diane feinstein and mitch mcconnell can get dressed and go to work John Fetterman can get dressed and go to work. You know, so he could pay somebody to dress him like they do. A woman who probably didn't know that she was a senator the day that she died was dressed like a senator. You can dress like a senator. It's it's not hard. Again, um, I'm not trying to sound like a square. I don't. I'm, like, yeah, no, I'm wearing a suit. Yeah, like come on, put a little bit more effort. You look like absolute shit, man. I mean, and he, I, I'm not like a fucking fashion icon. I dress pretty shittily, but I'm not a fucking United States. Um, yeah, we're not in the Senate. And if I was a senator, I would dress. I would wear a suit. You know, it just I wouldn't occur to me to wear anything other than a suit. Um, wear but, something like nicer. Like, don't have to wear a suit, or you really don't. But just you know, don't wear the same fucking basketball. Yeah, shirt. yeah. It's just. I don't know. It's just you look off detached. You look detached. Well, there was a predicate. There was a predicate under that whole um, controversy that was like, wasn't it sort of like, and guys, keep me honest if I'm wrong, but it was like it was like couched in some sort of ableism because he has problems. He has like n- like neurological issues or whatever. Getting dressed. I mean, or yeah, he had a like stroke. That. Yeah, he had a stroke, and he has like problems. But like, okay, man. You're one of the like hundred most powerful legislators in the fucking no, but Mitch country. Ma- Mitch Can't McConnell you use has. Can like, you use that as a fucking like uh, an in to talk about the healthcare system or something? Help? Why do? Why is that your stand? The yeah. fucking the fucking dress code. You fucking lame bitch. He immediately ditched the Medicare for all as soon as he got elected. Well, while he was running, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the um, on Fetterman's. Um, changing of stride like he is a very recent domino to fall i i posted in the you know in the chat um closer to home here mondaire jones uh discovering that he actually loves the uh the the clinton way the uh the new dem uh clinton wing of the of the house uh conference um this is a guy who name checked bayard rustin uh when he accepted the nomination (laughs) for for congress from the party and now he's he's basically you know, being a, what do they call a globy, um, the neoliberal, 
uh, slang. Yeah, yeah, being, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've always been a globy. I love globy. Globe emoji. Yeah. yeah. Globe emoji, yeah. Um, uh, actually, I've never heard the term globy. Globy? Oh, yeah. No. Those are like people who are chasing invites to like the Bilderberg conference and shit. Mm. Those are people who are like, yeah, yeah. They're like, like globalists. I don't know. Yeah. Or, is it okay to just say globalists and not no. be I mean, like, I, I think there's, I think there's reasons not to. And there's a, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of it's very uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it's dispiriting to see people to, to, to put a ball on what Tomas was saying. People who, got into office on the energy of progressive, not just small time donors, but volunteers, field organizers, um, you know, pe- even just people posting, which I think does make s- some semblance of a difference for people who don't live in Pennsylvania. To keep- I remember people were, um, he was always trolling, um, what was it? Uh, Dr. Oz. Yeah. But all oh, this guy lives yeah. in New Jersey or whatever. People, opponent, yeah. And people joined in on that. They, they, they lent, you know, they, they lent them a, a spiritual hand and to see him basically tell all those people to kick rocks and pound sand for no reason, for no reason other than he senses a shift in the wind that I, I, I think is going to come back to bite him anyway. Is that just his staff though? Is that like a, is that, I mean, like I don't are know. those tweets coming from his staff? I, are they, is he just like, offended at how no it's not question for for gaza and everything i mean there's there's multiple videos of him making fun of like ceasefire protesters and pro-palestinian protesters you know like uh mocking them to their faces so it's 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 coming from him like it's not just Mm -hmm. staffers you know you know it's not like a diane feinstein situation he's not incapacitated like that at all Let's 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 transfer our uh, conversation a little bit closer to home yeah. here, and I think it's always fun to check in, uh, do a quick Ron DeSantis check in, um, see how the how the zombie is, how the zombie horde is ambling aimlessly um, from Politico. This I you can just change some of you could play Mad Libs with this article and just change some of the names and some of the. It's the same article that we've read like eight times in the course of the last like two two or three months, um, but this one happens to be from. Um, uh, two days ago, or actually, technically, yeah, two days ago, Republican strategist Jeff Rowe quits pro DeSantis super PAC amid turmoil. Jeff Rowe, a top strategist for the main super PAC supporting Ron DeSantis's presidential campaign, announced his resignation from the group late Saturday, the latest in a string of departures from the organization. To my earlier point, the pro DeSantis group never backed down has been enveloped in turmoil in recent weeks. Two weeks ago, it fired three of its top officials, including the super PAC's chief executive officer, probably a Probably not a great sign. Uh, the board chairman, former Nevada Attorney General Al Adam Axalt, who we've talked about on this podcast before, is a, like a whatever. I don't want to get into Al Adam Axalt's war. Um, uh, also left, as did the organization's president, Chris Jankowski. Um, so, guys, I just feel like this this campaign could be doing so much better if they could just you know keep that that keep a consistent headcount. It, it, it feels like. You know, they're really squandering a golden opportunity here. I mean, people can't get enough of Ron. Uh, it's just, you know. it's just, it's just another reboot, bro. The, yeah. the, the reboot is just around the corner. Just you know, another, another heel turn is coming. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, the, hopefully the heel turn is, um, is, uh, you know, insert joke about lifted uh, heels here. Well, that was the joke. Uh, that was. <laughs> I don't don't want to bore listeners with this shit. It's like we've talked about it so much. It's just it was a campaign by grifters for grifters. You know, Uh, I I, I guess I I could see how in November of last year they thought that this guy had a chance. You guys know I'm on record on this podcast, on on social media, on conversation. I've always said that he was going to get fucking nuked by Trump. 
I think we all said that. Um, That's the thing. He didn't even get nuked by Trump. Like he just. By, <laughs> this is a self nuking. Yeah. I mean, he's so the early early states. Early states. He's he's trailing pretty badly. The most recent uh, New Hampshire Republican primary poll has him down. Um, Trump is at forty four. Haley Nikki Haley is in second place at twenty nine uh, percent, and DeSantis a distant third um, mm-hmm. in Chris, Christie territory with eleven yeah. percent. Um, and Look, the polls in Iowa, polls in places like Ohio, they all they all follow the same. It's Trump. Like Trump is going to be the nominee. Yes, the most interest. It's not even worth following it anymore unless you're just interested in like content and don't yeah. on like the the loser candidates. You know, the the kitty table that's trying to catch up to Trump. I mean, that's funny. But the most interesting that could happen here is for Trump to pick Nikki Haley as his VP, which would be horrific. Mm. And that would be a formidable ticket against Biden. But yeah. like, that's it. Like, DeSantis is nuked. The rats are leaving the ship. The money's running out. He's. I. I said it, guys. He was. I, remember, you guys asked me what the comparison was. I said Scott Walker. He, yeah. He's a fading star, you know, a shooting star that that burned brightly and fast. And you know, it's is I don't I think the ceiling was was reached in November of last year. Yeah. On to our main topic for the day, which mm. uh, comes from WLRN, uh, a, t- a story that Tomas has talked a lot about in the past, and that we've all you know mentioned on the on the uh, show recent not re- not so much recently. This kind of first got broken by um, a friend of the show, Danny Rivera. Uh, about a year ago, this is the story about Vicky uh, Vicky Mendez, who is the um, the this is the Miami City attorney, and the this is the, uh, the the headline from WLRN, which is a local NPR affiliate in South Florida. The disputed signature at the center of a lawsuit against Miami City attorney. A Miami code inspector said his virtual signature signature was used without his permission on a key document at the center of a lawsuit against the embattled Miami City attorney Victoria Mendez and her husband. Newly released testimony reveals. The testimony was part of an ongoing case, a uh, court case that sheds light on allegations that Miami City Attorney Victoria Mendez and her husband, Carlos Morales, used deceptive acts to acquire and resell real estate. Several new court documents were filed this month with the Miami-Dade Circuit Court and made public ahead of an evidentiary hearing, hearing on December 15th. One of those documents is a transcribed October interview with the City of Miami Code Compliance Supervisor Ricardo Franchi. It's a little bit of a complicated story. Not that complicated, honestly. But, Tomas, maybe you can kind of read people in a little bit to, like, the Vicky Mendez-ness of this story and kind of like how it also touches a lot of our favorite folks like um, Francis Suarez and the mayor's office and shit like that. Yeah, and, you know, obviously I, I recommend that folks follow the the reporting by uh, Danny Rivero and Joshua Ceballos on WLRN on this stuff that has been uh, incredible. Uh, I actually recently wrote a column for the South Florida Sun Sentinel that like condenses a lot of this stuff. If people just want the, you know, too long, they didn't read version of it. Uh, what what, what happened? It's <laughs> like a little balloon. What the Sorry, hell just like, happened? Listener, a bunch of balloons, <laughs> digital balloons just came out no, of I- Screen. How did anyway. you do that? I have no. I'm. I'm. My my mouse is on my other screen. I'm not even on this screen. Like I love it. I love it. Anyways, so um, there's this thing called the guardianship program uh, of in, in Miami Dade. Like, it's a super sketchy program that has now been suspended by uh, Mayor Danielle Levine Cava. That basically, you know, a a a, a nonprofit agency that working with the county was supposed to basically care for those deemed by a court to be incapacitated. I don't have the money to afford a private guardian. That's where the guardianship program name comes from. 
And then basically staffers would take control of their assets, including vehicles, real estate, other things, and sell them, you know, to help pay for future care and living expenses of these elderly folks. So turn out, you know, fast forward, you know, it turns out that the program was caught selling incapacitated people's homes to a real estate company called Express Homes that was owned by city attorney Victoria Mendes's husband, who would then resell them uh, uh, for profit because these homes were sold at significantly less market value to him. And then right. he would flip them for the full price. Making- in, some, in some cases, in less than one business day. Like it was, exactly. it was an immediate. This isn't like, yeah. oh, we're going to dump, you know, a renovation of like $30,000 into this place and then you know, sell it at a, at a, I don't know, I don't even call that a fair markup, but a fair markup, right? Mm -hmm. No, this was like, just, they're just process. They're just middlemen processors, just parasites Mm -hmm. sucking. Exactly. So, so so the WLRN um, investigation that we were previously mentioned um, also mentions that express homes, um, you know, and obviously Vicky Mendes's husband used uh, his connection to Miami city halls to get code violations resolved uh, to move forward the, the sale of these homes. Um, the mayor, uh, Miami mayor, Francis Suarez, you know, a recurrent, recurrent character of this podcast, uh, was also involved in several transactions with express homes as a real estate attorney, as David said, uh, there was apparently the forging of a signature, uh, involved in these transactions, but a, a code inspector, uh, in Miami, who has no recollection of ever uh, signing that document. And, you know, most recently, you know, this was brought into the headlines again uh, because Victoria Mendes was unsuccessfully trying to get the judge presiding over the trial to stop any pictures or footage being taken during uh, her Zoom hearing. So, you know, as usual, transparency for anyone except themselves when it comes to the bureaucrats and hack politicians at Miami uh city hall but just a, a fucking crazy story of just outright you know not unethical but in my opinion cr- criminal behavior like if th- this should get her indicted and you know th- criminally charged yeah as men as um as danny's story mentions at the end he says that he mentions that mendez is currently under fire from two new miami city commissioners who say that she's at fault for some of the city's recent legal woes this is going to ring some bells for um long-time listeners including the legal fees of the $63.5 million verdict against Joe Carroyo, <laughs> Commissioner Joe, uh, as well as the Alvarez lawsuit that we're, we, we've been talking about. There is an item to terminate. Well, there was an item at the time that they printed yeah. the, that they wrote this. Before we get to the item, I actually want to talk about some of the other things that she's done. Yeah. You know, this is a person that operates less like a city attorney and much more like a mob lawyer, both covering up for the corrupt antics of the politicians in Miami City Hall, but also complicit and grifting herself, as, as we just um, detailed. So, again, she was implicated in, in Joe Carroyo's lawsuit uh, uh, filed by the owners of a venue in, in, in Cayo in Miami called Ball and Change. Uh, Carroyo was ordered to pay 60, $63.5 million. His wages are actually being garnished to get him to comply with that court order. Uh, for weaponizing city agencies against businesses uh, owned by these uh, 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 landlords uh, because they supported and donated to one of Carollo's uh, political opponents. 
And one of the most shocking testimonies that took place in Carroyo's trial, uh, former Commissioner Ken Russell, who didn't do much about this when it happened, when he was a, a, you know, a commissioner, uh, actually said that Victoria Mendes told him that businesses in his district, outside of Carroyo's, of course, were being targeted by code enforcement uh, to make the politically motivated harassment of biz- businesses within Carroyo's district seem less suspicious. So yeah. Just, just so the, the uh, listener understands, exactly. Not only were the initial businesses uh, owned by these, you know, te- uh, uh, owners of ball and change targeted inappropriately, businesses that had nothing to do with anything were, you know, affected and targeted just as mere collateral in this, you know, banana republic crusade by Carollo. You know, and and the ball and chain saga doesn't end with the $65.5 million settlement. There's another lawsuit by the owners of Ball and Chain that claim that Mendes, city manager Art Noriega, who has to be uh, either the most or the second most corrupt character uh, uh, that, uh, you know, peripherally involved in in Miami since, you know, we invaded Panama in the 90s. I, I don't know, you know. (laughs) <laughs> but and several other city employees were complicit in the shaking down of these businesses through code enforcement, and that that payment will you know if they're found uh, you know if if the owners of Bond Chain are found you know uh, to to have merit in, in, in their court claims would not be paid by garnishing uh, Joe Corio's wages. It would come out of taxpayer money. Uh, from the city, basically us. And honestly, like more power to Bill Fuller and those folks because they should be paid. You know what I mean? We have we have elected complete fucking criminals who can't be trusted with you know with 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 government power. And these are the consequences. We pay them literally. Yeah. The 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 thing that um, among others, Billy Corbin, Danny actually has talked about this too on our show. The the thing that we always talk about is like impunity. And when you hear a story about somebody like at that level, an actual city attorney for like a major metropolitan area, like quick, you know that it, that impunity is at play. You know that there's no real, they don't perceive at least any jeopardy to themselves when they just call up and they're like, hey, we got to do a cover up really quick. Um, can well, you guys David, help us help help me? What do they call that? Oh, a conspiracy. Can you can can we do a conspiracy really quick? Can we cover up this whole thing? And David, you, yeah. You, you want to talk about impunity? Because I'm about to right now with examples. So Mayor Francis Suarez, who, again, was was found to be under FBI investigation after secretly taking uh, $170,000 of undisclosed payments from a developer that later thanked Suarez in an email for intervening with the city zoning director and cutting red tape for their luxury developer projects. Suarez went on Telemundo. I posted the clip. I, I found it of him claiming that it was Mendes that told him as a city attorney that it was ethical for him to do that. You know what I mean? I'll give you another example. At the first commission meeting attended by new commissioners Gavella and Pardo, who seemed pretty intent on firing Mendes on on January 11th, we'll talk about that if they can get a third vote. That was actually an emergency special meeting that was convened to fix a, a, a budget blunder that could cost uh, taxpayers, Miami residents, uh, upwards of $56 million. And that's because the city had been operating under an invalid budget since September 
because only four commissioners voted on it because uh, Commissioner Diaz La Portilla, who just lost you know a, a re-election bid, was suspended from office for charges including racketeering, bribery, uh, criminal conspiracy, all, all, all kinds cool. of things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Mendes had an opinion from the state telling her that the vote would be invalid if only four commissioners vote on it, on the budget. And she just simply said, fuck it. I don't give a shit. And they did it anyways, you know, because yeah. they wanted to do this before the election. So now they had to go back and re-vote on it. Just absolute fucking insanity. Yeah. And if, if you, like... All of this stuff sounds like it's palace intrigue, right? Like that we're talking about things that are happening, happening like in, you know, in, in the upper levels of the stratosphere of the way that this city operates. But like, if you spend any time in Miami, like I have, you know, I work with like but, different David, we're talking companies. about hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer funds that could go into like public transportation, resiliency Just projects. manning administrative positions. There are a million, uh, that's obviously a, a overstatement, but there are a lot of unmanned administrative positions that do basic work, coding, permitting, titles, things like that, that are at a gridlock in the city of Miami. You can't get... In some cases, it's actually good that you can't get anything done. But, like, you can't get shit done in this city anymore. And I'll, guess who's noticing? Guess who's sitting up and noticing this dysfunction? All of these Francis Suarez, former Silicon Valley, you know, Marin County, Bay Area, uh, you know, tech people that have moved here are all of a sudden like, wow, I thought San Francisco was dysfunctional. Holy shit. I can't yeah. even get a, a fucking – I can't even get a, a, a permit for my roof in this yeah. city. Like on, you unless you pay done. the mayor, you know, uh, $10,000 a month to cut through red right. tape. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you know, it, it's, it's, it, I think Gavella, you know, uh, and we'll see how Gavella ends up as a city commissioner, but strong start on this, like nothing yeah. about props to be honest. And, and it, his quote sums it up. Anytime there's a problem, Mendes is in the middle of the storm. You know what I mean? This person is not just a distraction. They're not just sloppy. They're not just incompetent, which are ample reasons to fucking fire That's her. Enough. That's enough reason. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, we're talking about mistakes that are costing us time, money, resources. But, you know, like completely adjacent and involved in outright criminal behavior. And you know why they don't fire her, David and Gerald? It's because she knows where the bodies are buried. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why it took ousting. You know, two commissioners and bringing in these new folks, you know, for, for there to be this conversation because she knows where the bodies are buried. You know, she has everyone by the balls over there and they're all scared of her. She's scared of them. Everyone's protecting each other. But if she goes, you know, uh, Art Noriega, the city manager, Francis Suarez, the mayor, and Joe Carollo, you know, she functions as basically Carollo's personal fucking lawyer at this point. They lose their legal cover. So it's important to get her out. Um, Miami treasure, uh, now departed, dearly departed. Uh, Al Crespo used to say that um, the the things that the, these are that he would he in a situation like this, he would say, this is the stuff that we know about. Imagine the stuff that we don't know about. Imagine the stuff that they were actually competent enough to hide uh, that, that that doesn't come to light. 
Um, and you can imagine that what we know about the way that this whole city, this county, honestly, because like, I gotta tell you, we, we gotta do an episode upcoming pretty soon on, on, um, on our county mayor, first woman mayor in the history of Miami-Dade County, probably the most powerful elected official in the, in this county of 2.8 million people, Daniela Levinkava, because, uh, folks, if you think that it's like some kind of partisan thing, if you think that it's just because it's Republicans that, that are running the city, it's not it's this is a bipartisan effort to just suck the fucking life out of what what there what little we fucking have left in this of course i mean you know we just had an outgoing commissioner in the city of miami who like for nine months just spent the the whole time ignoring uh corruption and not doing anything about it i mean you have christine king who's (coughs) completely complicit with this you know gang of mafia thugs at, at the city of Miami, you know, hopefully she does the fucking right thing and wises up, you know, recognizes the anti-corruption sentiment by voters and votes to oust her. Look at this story that dropped in the Miami Herald. I got the I got the notification as we were talking, going back to uh, from the county to City Hall. Headline from the Miami Herald: The Kingdom and I. How Miami's mayor Francis Suarez helped Saudi Arabia. Rehab its bloody reputation. I mean, we, we, we it just drops. So let's you know we can't talk about it. We I'll, I'll read it afterwards. Yeah. But like, you know, what I mean, like these people see public office and public service as a means to increase their influence, their political acumen, and most importantly, their wealth. And like I right. said it before, you know, in this episode, it was the city attorney that gave the the mayor Francis Torres an ethical opinion telling him that, no, it's cool for you to get outside employment. And, you know, technically it might be legal, but it's wrong when they have businesses and items in front of the city. And it's especially wrong when you're not disclosing that to the public, you know, and you're literally being bribed to advance their projects. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%, David. This is happening at the local, at the state, honestly, at the federal level. That's a whole nother monster. But this is just so prevalent in our politics but i think at city of miami it, it, it just became almost cartoonishly obvious yeah you know um, i mean when you had when you had like a fucking developer that's paying I, I, you know i don't want to harp on this too much but it's paying the mayor all these undisclosed payments to advance their developer luxury projects you know what i mean and they're just emailing you know like his his the, the mayor's office that's subject to public records you know, thank you so much for doing this. It's just they don't give a fuck anymore because there are no apparent consequences, at least up until this point, for doing that. No, no. You know what the consequences are? Is that what th- those stories get out into the public sphere, and then people who are actually trying to do whatever. I'm not going to like write any like uh, any 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 um, sob stories for fucking developers or anything like that. But like, there are like people who are trying to build homes and we are in a housing crisis a huge housing crunch here and yeah it might not sound like a 400 or 500 thousand dollar con like two bedroom condo is that great of a buy but honestly it's about as good as you're gonna fucking get in this county and like a lot of people you know would be begging you know how many projects are on hold because of this kind of shit because of the uh because these developers, right? These normal, regular, run-of-the-mill Lennar-style developers come in, and all they want to do is build, you know, some condos and and make some make a quick buck and leave. And they can't even get that shit done because of all of the political, you know, and and, and scandalous uh, uh, 
ire that these stories raise. Now, everything is is about like, oh, well, you know, we don't want it to look like, you know, we're giving preferential treatment. So this 18-month project turns into a four-year project and shit like that. And in the meantime, people have fucking nowhere to live because we, in Miami, the other thing that you don't know about us is that we're super fucking nimby in specific places. We refuse to let people, like, you know, develop and build uh, anything that might bring in the pores. Heaven forbid anybody yeah. that, like, makes less money than me. Moves or, 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 change, or change our zoning, you know. Or change our zoning, yeah. Or, yeah. Exactly. Um, we alluded to uh, the Dece- what was supposed to be a De- December 14th commission agenda item that would have, you know, uh, brought into question whether or not Mendez should continue. Um, h- help us get some clarity on that because I think that got pushed to January 11th, right, Tomas? Yeah, that got pushed to uh, January 11th. Uh, Commissioner Reyes was in the hospital when this was supposed to be heard. Um, but This is a fucking disaster. Well, you know, it's all fucking falling apart, man. Remember, there's you need three votes to ouster. We possibly have two with Gavella and Pardo. Carollo will never vote to ouster. Christine no. King, you know, I don't know. Reyes really is, is the most nimble one here. Um, but yeah, January 11th, this is going to be heard. Uh, and honestly, if you're listening to this, if you're in Miami, go tell people to go. Um, everyone should go and just demand that commissioners do the right thing uh, and fire this person. And, t- and you know, be- it's the beginning of turning of the page in one of the most corrupt chapters in City of Miami history. And that's saying a lot, folks. Yeah, I mean, it's saying a whole that's a high bar. Lot, but, that's a really fucking it, high bar. But it's true. You know, we're not exaggerating, truly. I mean, we're, we exaggerate and we're hyperbolic all the time for fun in this podcast. It's it's not like we the corruption is staggering and this person needs to fucking go because again, she is not only implicated in corruption herself, she is not you know just incompetent and bad at her job. She's providing legal cover right. for a lot of these actors as well. She's a exactly. tool of the, of the and not in the pejorative way, but like an actual tool that they use to you know. Like and the pejorative way. Yeah, She's a tool. pejorative tool. Um, so that is a crucial, important story that's happening down here in Miami, not necessarily one with a lot of national traction. Most folks probably don't know about uh, all of that um, intrigue. But we are a podcast about Florida. And every once in a while, there are stories that we have to mention because they're so big. Uh, and <laughs> so to that end, um, our last item that I want to talk about today, uh, this is from the Associated Press. I'm sure everybody within the sound of my voice right now is already somewhat aware of this story. Um, but this is the latest development from the AP. Florida Republican Party suspends chairman and demands his resignation amid rape investigations. Mm. Uh, the Republican Party of Florida suspended chairman Christian Ziegler and uh, last seen down here in Miami trying to, I think, lead a uh, an assault on, um, on, uh, on, on a Coral Gables uh boardroom wasn't he the one that organized that like that impromptu proud boy uh uh assault on precinct 13 down in fucking like do, do you guys remember this in like 20 yeah the, the, the meeting with nancy pelosi with nancy 20- pelosi oh. and 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 uh was hillary there too or no i forget no i i don't i don't know if it was him to be honest i have no idea uh suspended chairman christian ziegler demanded his resignation during an emergency he was, meeting he was on he stormed like the capital though he was in january yeah, 6th he was so a he had, january 6th guy big storming so um he has been stripped uh he's been suspended of his chairmanship uh 
uh, as of Sunday, adding to calls by Governor Ron DeSantis and other top officials from him to step down as police investigate a rape accusation against him. Uh, Ziegler is accused of raping a woman with whom, that's not funny, with whom he and his wife, Moms for Liberty co-founder Bridget Ziegler, had a, this is the part that is funny, had a prior consensual sexual relationship with, according to police records. Quote, Ziegler has engaged in conduct that renders him unfit for office, uh, according to the party's motion, uh, that censured Ziegler, uh, adding um, that, uh, or that was uh, written by Lee County GOP Chairman Michael Thomason. It was released on Twitter by Thomason. Uh, Ziegler tried to defend himself during the closed-door meeting, but the party board quickly took action against him, Thomason said. Ziegler on the soapbox trying to defend himself, not working, Thomason posted before confirming the votes. So this is the leader of the party. I, the thing that struck, strikes me about this that I wanted to talk to both of you about, and maybe you guys both know something about Christian Ziegler, who's been a, a, a pretty big political figure down here for a while that I don't. I don't follow these guys. I don't know much about them. Um, but what, what strikes me about this is like how little it augurs any kind of change, like how something how like this what? can happen, how little this will lead to any yeah. change, like like th- these kind of things. The, 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 this is like when a... 800 meters runner fall, is like 25 lengths ahead and falls and like eats shit and has such a big lead that they can have a huge mistake and get up and just keep running and still win. Like there could be 20 Christian Ziegler's. There probably are in the Florida Republican Party. And it seems like it just doesn't fucking matter. But I don't know. I, mean, I just wanted to get David, you guys David, take on David, this. David, the person that's now leading the Republican presidential primary by more than 50 points is an actual a rapist, rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. has three indictments under him. You know, I'm not trying to do like, you know, lib ship here, but like, it's true. I mean, yeah. the fish rots from the head down. My, yeah. my question also, because to Tomas's point, if in the Trump era, if something like this came out, you would just deny it and say that this is, you know, um, that there's a, you know, operation to oust me because they're scared of my agenda and what I represent all the rest, you know, the wokes are coming. Right. I, I, I'm curious as to why, why it happened. Like, like again, cause and maybe I'm, I'm just rehashing the 2010s over and over in my head. Um, th- this feels like the kind of thing that in that era they would have just denied and pretended oh, didn't happen. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah. They don't really care about the rape. Right. The problem here for Siegler is that he admitted, and it's beyond ir- oh, I see. irrefutable proof that he was having a throuple. A, yeah. a throuple. You know what I mean? And if you, and I'm saying that I'm not making that up. You right. can go and read the quotes yeah, from, from the, the vast reporter. majority of Republican elected officials and party officers. What they're saying basically is like, well. You know, whatever happens, he is not uh, viable to continue leading the party because he cannot uphold our Christian values. His lifestyle is not in alignment of ours. So it, it's more about that for them right. than yeah, but it's just, you know, I, the I just actual it's, horrible it's, thing that he did. It's 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 interesting to know that the the bottom of the well does still exist. It just only exists for specific people. Like that, it's like, like gay, for gay people, for gay like, people, David, for uncharismatic people, for like the thing is, David. Does it though? For because George that, Santos. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. That, but I repeat myself. No, but that's my point, David. It's like 
they don't care about what actually constitutes the ingredient in the scandal that constitutes the bottom of the well. Right. What they care about is the fact that, again, he was having threesomes, you know, consecutively, which, to be honest, I think, like, if it's consensual and fun, whatever, I think it's cool. Like, whatever. Yeah. Who gives a shit? It's I mean, it's, hypo- it's, hypo- it's hypocritical it's that you're a leader of right. a party that, like, you know, the entire project is, you know, con- contravenes sexual no, liberation and stuff like that. I, like, I, I agree 100%. But what I'm saying is, like... It, to, to me, the sense that I'm getting is that they don't really give a shit about the actual terrible thing that transpired. They just yeah. care more about like, oh, we look like fucking hypocrites and this guy is embarrassing. Um, and, and, I, and there's no way around it. Like we can't deny it because he himself has like admitted to that part of the of the, of the scandal. Um, you guys know that one of my favorite hobby horses on this show is education policy. And you're like, well, what the fuck does this have to do with education? His wife, um, Bridget, is a co-founder as i'm as i'm told and as we've talked to uh some of our guests in the past have, have mentioned the co-founder uh, the group that she co-founded moms for liberty which i think at this point everybody knows shorthand style if you know what proud boys are you know what moms for liberty is and yeah, it's, um, it's their moms, <laughs> it's, it's their moms. <laughs> they're 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 they're, sex, they're they're sexy stepmoms yeah. that get stuck in washers and dryers and stuff like that and underneath tables um no the uh moms for moms for liberty is uh no i mean like let me let me be clear bridget is a looker i mean if if she came to me never mind like, if david, she was like no yeah, you, david oh come on <laughs> Does everybody have to have perfect politics, Jer? Um, yes. So, yes. That's true. That's true. Uh, wait, what? She's a good-looking woman. Yeah. Uh, so I was listening to I, – I, I, this is a pretty normie podcast that guys like uh, – cool, edgy guys like you probably don't listen to. But um, but I was listening to On the Media, which is still in my listening rotation since, I don't know, like 15 years now. And they had an interesting episode about – it predated all of this going on um, – it, it was examining the practical effect of Moms for Liberty because Moms for Liberty has been, uh, you know, to keep it on topic, taking it in the ass in elections. They have not been um, doing well. They, they're Moms for Liberty candidates, right? That was what the, the project was supposed to be. Get a bunch of ultra conservative right wing. I'm just a mom, right? Like that's that's their catchphrase. I'm just a mom uh, elected in key places, including many school districts in Florida. Uh, get them elected to the, to the to the school, you know, to the school district, and um, it hasn't been working. They've they've only won about twenty percent of their races. Uh, they've underperformed, and now this comes out that one of their uh, you know co-founders and one of their lead you know people is in, in, embroiled, uh, to use a terrible journalism word, in uh, in this controversy. But on that same episode of on the media, one of our former guests, uh, Jen Berkshire. Uh, from the um, Have You Heard podcast was was being interviewed and she made the case that like, you know, you might think that this is affecting them, but it's not. Like the rightward lurch that they're after in public education is still happening. And you can have, again, back to my earlier point, you can have as many of these scandals as you want discreetly focused on one co-founder or one prominent spokesperson or one elected official. And it's still going forward like charter schools and and private schools are still getting public funding like all of the 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 real goals are still being achieved and i just find that really disappointing and like i mean like a lot of folks like us could be like oh well we always knew that these were scumbags that were probably doing you know sex assaults in the background in their private life but 
but it really sucks to like just see it to see the project continue unabated and it, despite all of the supporting struts and the people that kind of like helped start them up and kickstart them like being unmasked as scumbags and it, it just really sucks i wanted to mention that well they're just the foot soldiers but the people implementing the policy are there and they're yeah. usually unnamed yeah, and the heritage foundation freaks yeah yeah they're just the, yeah the agitators are um you know agitating and <laughs> inevitably admire themselves in controversy and they're just like a lightning rod but the policy makers are still policy making yeah they're still pushing it um it sucks here too because like in florida the we we are continuing to be like this laboratory of like what's the craziest shit we can do to hand money to charter schools what's the weirdest shit that we can do to give Manny Diaz Jr., you know, his his stock portfolio, a big bump in, 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 in you know, his investments in public, in, in well, private schools and shit. And we're exporting these ideas to other countries. My native country of Argentina, one of the proposals that Javier Millet, our new, you know, anarcho-capitalist uh, uh, president, um, who's really not anarcho-capitalist, he's just an authoritarian, you know, Ch- Chicago boys, Milton Friedman, you know, neoliberal, um, he wants to institute a, 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 a wide privatization of our traditionally public school system that has uh, a voucher system, you know, something that would decimate the Argentinian education. Yeah, which it, it, that's interesting, too, because what little I do, we were, we were messaging about this during the week to, about how like what little I do know about Argentina is informed by like very often like robust student protests. And usually uh, they're, they're protesting like conditions at universities or uh, cost for education and things like that. And you made the point that um, that that is still, you know, we were talking for context. We were talking about the prospects of Mille finishing actually his being able to finish his term or finish even like a year in, in office. And uh, you made the point that that is like unlike in the U.S., that is actually a um, protest and taking to the streets is actually a, um, a viable a pathway for change and it simply isn't the case here it doesn't matter who goes to the streets here um yeah the you know the system is so locked down but um yeah i, I just think that that's funny that like i don't know it, it's not funny i guess more like cripplingly depressing as we enter the, <laughs> the holiday season <laughs> isn't this why you listen folks yeah. you were you were feeling good <laughs> Merry Christmas, well, motherfucker. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Because to, to, uh, it is top of the hour to tie it uh, back up. You can find uh, some short-term satisfaction uh, if you go to the city of uh, Miami Commission meeting on January 11th, sign up for public comment, and uh, tell uh, Vicky Mendes to her face that she sucks at her job and she's corrupt and uh, ask uh, that the commissioners fire her. And if she's fired... Um, so it's good to see corrupt uh, piece of shit people yeah. do their jobs and, you know, whatever. Like, join us. Yeah. Let's go. There you go. Little call to action. Um, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. I, don't, I think this will be our last installment before mm-hmm. the um, the start of the new year. And uh, we'll bring you some new stuff in 2024. Let's hope it's a little bit better than 2023 has been. But thanks for it sticking won't. with Why us. would you do that? No, it won't. Why it won't. would you do that? Why would I do that? Tomas is saying Why it won't. Why would you do that? It won't. It won't.